This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Amen. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. We're moving forward. That's a right now word. (laughs) Oh my God, that's a right now word. God is in the building. God is in the building. Amen. Hallelujah. I pray you feel God where you are right now. God's in the building. God is in the building. Saints, there's no problem. He's not already provided a solution. There's no problem. He's not already provided a solution. There is no problem. He's not supplied a solution before the foundations of the world. Did you think that he was surprised by what you're going through? There's a solution already. And it was provided before the foundations of the world for you, for you. Hallelujah. There is no backing up. There's only moving forward. Oh, oh my, ah, my God. Oh, I can't get off this. There's no backing up. There's always only moving forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a lot the Lord has given me today, both in the word and then I have to speak to you all in the house. Amen. Afterwards, briefly. Amen. Hallelujah. Give me that first slide with the picture on it. And he said, hallelujah. Glory to God. I, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. And the Lord has me to run into things from time to time that he wants me to deal with. And there was a witness in my spirit when I ran into uh, uh, these quotations. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to share them with you. Amen. In the picture here, we have Eleanor Roosevelt. Very strange for me to be sharing this woman. She uh, was the wife of the 32nd president of the United States, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, He was the president from 1933 to 1945. I believe he has the longest tenure in uh, the executive office. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And his wife was very, um, uh, had a very big personality. She was a Christian herself. She was an Episcopalian Episcopalian all of her life. And um, uh, she was one of the founders of UNICEF. Um, This was a, a magnanimous woman. Hallelujah. And as I am led of the Lord, I want to share with you these three quotes that she had to say. The first quote, she says, is you gain strength, courage and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I've lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The next quote says, I believe that anyone can conquer fear by doing the thing he leans, t- he, he fears to do, excuse me, provided he keeps doing them until he gets a record of successful experience behind him. And our third quote for the day from Miss Eleanor Roosevelt is, we gain strength, courage, and confidence by each experience in which we really stop to look fear in the face. We must do that which we think we cannot we must do we must do that which we think we can not my god this is our fellow christian hallelujah glory to god 
Thank you, Jesus. I believe she was inspired by the Holy Spirit to share these things. Hallelujah. No, it's not scripture, but I believe that, hallelujah, God had something to do with these quotes. Amen. And for me to run into them this week. With that said, next slide, please. We're going to go to 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Amen. This is a pastoral epistle. Paul was training Timothy how to be a pastor. Amen. This young man, this man that was half Jewish and half Greek. Amen. Hallelujah. He was, and I'm sure this was not very popular amongst uh, the new Christian Jews of the day. Amen. There's a lot of things that are not popular to us culturally. Hallelujah. But it has nothing to do with God. Hallelujah. In the kingdom of God, we come from all walks of life, all kinds of backgrounds, different countries. Hallelujah. Different ways of thinking and seeing the world. Amen. And here, Paul, this this devout Jew, this this Benjamite who is now a believer in the Messiah and a writer of the majority of the New Testament. Amen. Is now writing an, uh, a pastoral epistle or letter to Timothy. And this is what he has to say to Timothy, very familiar scripture, First, Second Timothy 1 and 7, the King James Version reads, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let me read it one more time. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I wish somebody would join me as I read this. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. He's not given us the spirit of fear. When I first read this, I was like, oh my God. Whether you believe me or not, I grew up, you can ask my mother, she's right here. I grew up very shy. Very insecure. The first time I came to Living Waters back in the, I don't know if it was the early 80s or whenever it was, I was a little, little guy, maybe 10, 11 years old, hallelujah. I hid behind my mother as I walked in the church. Fear was my constant companion. I thought everybody was better than me. Everybody was more talented than me. I had an ability to recognize other people's talents, but not my own. I could not see what God had blessed me with, what I was to contribute to the world as he used me. Hallelujah, glory to God. I was scared to approach this woman behind me. The only time, amen, and all the sin I got caught up in and all the women I approached, was I was drunk. I used alcohol to... Uh, take away my inhibitions, but obviously alcohol has side effects, and God did not design alcohol for those purposes. I remember my mother coming to church and saying, my son loves his beer. I remember that testimony being told to me. I wasn't there that day. I would have been horrified. I would have been embarrassed. Hallelujah. But God bless her. God bless her. She had to get it off her chest. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I leaned on it. I leaned on alcohol because inside of me was fear. Not that somebody was going to beat me up, but that I just, do I belong? Am I worthy of being alive and on the earth? Do people like me? Do people want me around? Why are you my friend? Who am I for you to be my friend? Fear had been my constant companion 
to the age of 19. And then I had a little something left over when I was approaching my wife because I was used to approaching women with alcohol. Now I have to go to her as myself. And of course, she being herself didn't make it easy. <laughs> but I love her anyway. Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. 28 years later, yes, it was well worth it. Amen. It was worth it at the time. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. Saints, there are things in your life that fear is holding you back from. And you may say to yourself, I'm not afraid. I'm not fearful. But are you? There are things, there are callings, there's purposes, there's people to meet. There are things to step out in by faith that fear is holding you back. I don't want to start that business. What if it doesn't work out? I don't want to answer my call. What if God doesn't show up and is with me? Lord knows I didn't want to answer my call like it felt good when I got the call to the ministry. It answered every question in my life why I went through what I went through. Hallelujah. But it was another thing to answer it. Hallelujah. And step in front of people and speak. And God forbid, start my own church. Amen. The going to Texas was kind of easy because I was being sent. Amen. Hallelujah. And had the backing. Amen. Hallelujah. Even though. Hallelujah. God really wasn't in it. But starting a church here, those same fears came back up. Who am I? Why would anybody want to come here? I haven't preached in years. What am I to do? How can I do it? Lord, are you sure? But saints, God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Saints, every challenge in my life has been, to overcome it, has been on the other side of fear. I'm speaking for me right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. To get the building we were first in at 133 Sunrise Highway, had to overcome fear. To move here and the negative responses I got, I had to overcome fear. To preach the gospel of grace, I had to overcome fear because this is so foreign to what we all were brought up in the church. Things I'm saying are so foreign to what we're used to and what we've been taught and how I was reared in the church. For God to unveil this to me and then have me to share it with you. There was fear involved. And saints, there were things in your life, promises that God made to you, that fear is preventing you from stepping out and walking in. Hallelujah. With that in mind, next slide, please. Our message today is quite simple. It's just the scripture we just read. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We're not backing up. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. We may fear, 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 but it's not coming from God. It could be coming from the other guy. It could come from our own experiences, our own insecurities, uh, you know, our own lack of faith in a certain area. Hallelujah. People in our ear. You know, you can't share your vision with everybody because everybody's not going to fuel your vision. Everybody might they might be dealing with their own fear, their own insecurities. So they're going to uh, dump that off on you. They may even be well-meaning and loving people, but caught and gripped by fear. And you stepping out might make them feel bad that they're not stepping out on what they're supposed to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel like I need to uh, share this real quick. I remember when I finally did answer my call, and then we'll pray and start our message. And uh, me and our pastor at the time and a group of men and um, Elder Roland went with us. I think Elder Leroy went with us as well. We went down to Manpower at Washington, D.C. Did you go with us on that trip yet? And um, I had heard so much word and so much inspiring uh, divine messages. When I got back to New York from Washington, D.C., I, I could no longer lie to myself and allow fear to, s to stop me. And in the church was a certain area where the ministers sat. And I came to church inspired by what I heard at Manpower run by T.D. Jakes. God bless you, uh, Bishop Jakes. And I walked over to where the ministers were. They all stood up. They parted. I walked over. I went through the, the crowd of ministers. I sat down. They all sat down. I looked up and said, Whew. <laughs> That was in 1999. I was 29 years old. Hallelujah. And I answered my call. Hallelujah. But you see the steps that involved. I had to physically get up and step out on what God was inspiring me to do. I couldn't just keep sitting there and keep getting the uh, prophetic messages, amen, and keep refusing to hear what God was saying to me. I had to physically get up, make, determine it in my mind with a sound mind that I was going to answer my call, that I was not going to be embarrassed once I went over there. Or somebody say, you ain't supposed to be sitting here. You ain't no minister. All things that fear was speaking to me. It was still speaking to me when I was walking over there. It was still ministering to me when I was walking over there. But saints, when you're overcoming fear, it doesn't mean that fear is going to stop. It means to be courageous is to move forward even when you feel fear, in spite of fear. All right? Hallelujah. So let's pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We want God to, to preach this message today, not me. Hallelujah. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you for this word today. But this task you've given me is far, far too great for me in my own flesh. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today. Impact many today. Save today. Sanctify today. Fill with your Holy Spirit today. I yield my body to you. I am your yielded vessel. Have your way. I decrease that you might increase in me and minister and feed your people today out of your word. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen.
All right. As it is my way to do as God leads me. Amen. Next slide, please. Let's look at some words here. Amen. In the Greek, we're coming out of the New Testament portion of the Bible. We are in Second Timothy one and seven. Amen. Let's look at these words here. The first word we're going to look at is given is did me in the Greek. It means to bestow to bestow means to allot to to impart to or entrust to or present to offer. So God did not allot to us. He did not impart to us. He did not entrust us with fear. So when we fear fear, it's not coming from God. For God has not given or entrusted or allotted, hallelujah, or imparted or entrusted me with fear. He's not entrusted you with fear. All right. This word fear is delia. It means cowardice, timidity, reticence. Reticence is, is, means uh, restraint, inhibition, or shyness. I just told you I grew up very shy. He's not giving. He didn't, he didn't give that shyness to me. He didn't make me timid. He didn't make me coward. It was not God. So when we operate in fear, it is not God. It's real. It's tangible in, in, our, in our emotions. But it's not God. These are the things that started pulling me out of my lifestyle, what I was doing, how I looked, how I thought about things, how I looked at the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But he's not giving us this cowardness, this timidity, this reticence. Amen. He's given us power or dunamis. Miraculous power. Hallelujah. It took a miracle for me to come out of my shyness. It took a miracle for me to answer my call. It took a miracle for me to start this church. The miracle was provided by the Holy Spirit empowering me. Might, strength. For the believer, it's power to achieve by applying the Lord's, not your own, the Lord's inherent abilities. How, even to preach this message, you just heard me Ask the Holy Spirit to have his way in me. That this, this task is too great for me. He has to do it. Hallelujah. But hallelujah, guess what? We must give God permission to do things through us. It's called prayer. It's called communication. It's called relationship. Only a demonic spirit, amen, tries to force himself upon you. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He must be invited. You must give him permission. Even when we get saved, we give God permission. We give the Holy Spirit permission to live inside of us. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgression, and inequities. I believe in my heart the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, that he died. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day. We're giving him permission. We're, we, this is why it must come out of the mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hallelujah. So power power to overcome who I was uh, even as I was saved hallelujah I was still getting delivered hallelujah sanctified hallelujah was the Holy Ghost the dunamis miraculous power we're today we're here today even broken I, I didn't want to be on YouTube I didn't want a podcast I didn't want a website with my face on and all that who am I 
It's the Holy Ghost. It's not my ego wanting to be big and bright. In the, I don't want my name up there. It's the Holy Ghost. That's not who I am. In and of myself. But it's who the Holy Spirit wants me to be. I didn't want to be Pastor Brown. I was Eam. It's my nickname. I still am to, by and large, most of the people I know in my private life. I'm even Pastor Eam sometimes. I've been called that too. <laughs> That's from that for you Leave It to Beaver fans. You, you'll get to why my nickname is that. Don't hurt Eam. Don't hurt Eam. Leave him alone. Getting back to our message. This word love. Agape, we've heard of that. Agape. Agape is, 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 is not, it was new. It was a new word that Paul was really sharing. It was not really used in religious circles. Amen. But this is a word really that Jesus embodied. Hallelujah. Agape is benevolence. Benevolence means kindness, compassion, philanthropism. Philanthropism. Hallelujah. Goodwill, philanthropism is doing good towards others, especially from a financial standpoint or a charitable standpoint. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God wants us to be generous, loving people who are blessing to others. Even, you know, uh, without giving too much away, when I am at work and our clients come, I try to make them feel welcome. Hey, how you doing? It's intentional. I want them to know that their presence is valued. Hallelujah. I hope I do it with you as well. I hope I, when I, hey, how you doing? Sometimes I'm distracted. I have other things going on. But I want everyone who comes into my presence, so the presence of me and the Holy Spirit, really, because I'm a new being, me and the Holy Spirit, to know that they're valued. There's somebody in Christ. Hallelujah. And that I celebrate their very presence. Amen. Hallelujah. It also helped me at work years ago. Amen. I, I lived in Comac and I would take the bus and the train to Glen Cove to work. And although I left hours ahead of time, I wasn't dragging or anything. I would get to work about 10 minutes late. And the supervisor at the time would put a little uh, highlighter on the time I came and right the time I came. I, I don't blame her. I, I was late. Not a fault of my own. Because I left about 8.50 every day to be at work at 11.30. But this just that was the train schedule. What, what, what can I do? All right. But being a new Christian at the time, or a young Christian, I should say, um, I just started greeting her. Hey, how you doing today? How's the family and all that? You know, homegirls stop right in that time now. <laughs> and highlighting. Instead of coming in mad and mean, oh, boy, here she, here she goes. Greet, uh, all she needed was a greeting. Kind words will go a long way. Agape will go a long way. It's an unselfish type of love. It's a love where you put the other person before yourself, knowing that God's got you. You're not just giving yourself all away. You don't have anything left. It's God's got you, and you're sharing that love with somebody else without thought for yourself, all right? Next one is, is the, the word is really not the sound mind, it's, it's just mind, all right? So this mind, amen, is 
sophronismos. All right, it means self-control, self-discipline, prudence, wisdom, good judgment, common sense. Properly, it's self-minded, excuse me, it's safe-minded, these words are really small, safe-minded, issuing in prudent or sensible behavior that fits a situation. Aptly acting out God's will by doing what he ca calls sound reasoning. It is when you give up your mind to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And in doing so, wisdom is available to you. Things that you don't know how to do. I, I had a situation with clients at work earlier this year and they were all arguing over who should go first and all that. And in an instance, the answer came to me. I took everybody's name. I put it in a basket. I shook up the basket. I said, everybody pick out, pick out one of the names in here. And when he did that, it just caused peace because it's all, I wasn't playing favorites. Everything was seemingly random, but we know it's not random. God's in control. The wisdom was there immediately because the Holy Spirit had his way in my mind, in my thinking. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's stop beating ourselves up. I don't want anybody to be offended, but if you are absent-minded, you forget things easily, you think you need to take some Jinko Colobo or whatever have you pronounce it, or what, hallelujah. You feel like you're losing your memory and all that. Invite the Holy Spirit to impact your mind. He is the missing link. He's the missing link. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are nine gifts of the spirit. And if you add those to your one gift, <laughs> your binds, we have 10 or completion. So seven is the number of completion. So is 10. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God is not imparted or entrusted us with cowardness, timidity, reticence. But he's imparted unto us miraculous power, might, strength, or the ability uh, through God's ability to accomplish things. He has given unto us a, 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 a love, and the meaning of life is to receive God's love and to share it with others. And he's given us this agape love, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He's given us love, hallelujah. If we don't have enough love, and we've been looking at all the wrong places, we've been looking at Tom, Dick, and Harry, amen, hallelujah, or Jane Doe, or whoever, hallelujah. And you are looking for love, and you are frustrated, hallelujah. I encourage you to go to the source. But brother, pastor, I just want a man or a woman. I don't want to go to the source, and that's our issue. God is love and he will bring into your life those that will share his love through them to you hallelujah human beings we're weak don't make anybody your source my wife shouldn't even make me her source God Jesus is her source Hallelujah. And as we both draw from the source and share with one another, hallelujah, then we're going to be all right. Hallelujah. When we try to draw from one another, we ain't all right. I know ain't's not a word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then we're not all right. Hallelujah. He's given us love. 
and common sense, wisdom, prudence, and ability to reason, have good judgment. It's by the Holy Ghost. Our bright ideas apart from the Holy Ghost do not have a guarantee for success. But that which is inspired by the Holy Spirit, amen, we can have unlimited success. Why? The Holy Spirit is a genius. I didn't coin that frame e phrase either. Hallelujah. Remember Pastor Willis telling that, that years ago, the Holy Spirit is a genius. There's nothing he does not know. For you guys in school, that does not mean you don't need to study. <laughs> Please study. And the Holy Spirit will help you retain the information. How about that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then bring it back to your remembrance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. You know that Moses almost let fear and negative thinking stop him? I can relate to Moses. I can really relate. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide, please. We're going to look at a couple of scripture, four scriptures here. Amen. Uh, Moses' response to God's call to lead Israel. All right. This great man of God. Hallelujah. was human. All right. Let's look at Exodus 3 and 11. Moses says here, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? Now, remember, Pharaoh was the most powerful human being on earth at the time. That I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? One of the things we got to stop doing is looking at ourselves and looking at who lives inside of us. It's not about Robert Brown. It's about the spirit of Christ that's in me that wants to minister to the world. I am but a vessel. Now I am a new being because now God lives inside of me by way of the Holy Spirit. You are a new being, those of you that are saved, because God lives inside of you. If you are saved out there online, you are a new being once God lives inside of you. No, not the totality of God, but a measure or a portion of God, hallelujah, lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. Present. He can, he's everywhere at once. Hallelujah. On earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What did Moses go on to say? Exodus 4 and 1. He says, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. If I preach the gospel of grace, they're not going to believe me. That was me. Nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord have not appeared unto thee. Preachers. Sounds like us. Saints of the Most High God who have a calling in some area. This is what we're challenged by. It's fear. You know, fear is also where you see this problem is bigger than God. The situation being bigger than God. The creator of heaven and earth. Let's read on Exodus 4 and 10 says, and Moses said unto the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither uh, heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. I think he had a stammering problem and stammering. Amen. Is, 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 is based in fear. Hallelujah. Anybody ever feel awkward in situations? I know I felt awkward in a whole lot of situations. I saw the scenario as bigger than the God that lives inside me. And sometimes I'm still challenged by it and I have to remind myself who lives in me, whose I am. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I used to be very intimidated by 
uh, preachers with titles like apostle and bishop and all that, like, oh, I can't be around them. Oh, they're going to see all my sin. They're going to. So what if they did? They didn't die for me. Not that I should be disrespectful or dismissive either. I want to be respect everybody. I want to share the same love that he's given me with them as well. Amen. But they're not better than me. They may have more responsibility than me and they can have it. But they're not, guess what? They're not better than you either. We're all the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And I got to mess with y'all a little bit. And sometimes when we put all them titles on Facebook and Instagram and all these other things, it's sometimes we want to feel good about ourselves because I really don't have the relationship with Jesus that I want to portray to you. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes. I'm Robert Brown. When I go to heaven, he's not going to call me Pastor Brown. I'm Robert Brown. Hey, Robert. We call our Lord and Savior Jesus. Not Rabbi. Rabbi. You're anointing. Please. Write your letters of complaint, amen, to Raven Brown right here. <laughs> I love you, even with your Facebook title on there. All right. I love you. I love everybody, amen. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be a blessing, amen. Last one, Exodus 4.13, and he said, Oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. In other words, he was saying, send somebody else, not me. Because I'm comfortable out here in the backside of the wilderness. Amen. Any comfortable people in the house, any comfortable people online. I like to be comfortable too. Robert Brown likes to be comfortable. But God, hallelujah, my, 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 my mission, my purpose is on the other side of comfort. Not that God never wants you to be comfortable, hallelujah, but there are times you have to put yourself in a position that you're unfamiliar with, that you've not experienced before, and God will use you greatly. But we got to know that God's got our back. While I was in Texas, amen, and God not being with me in this endeavor, amen, I remember preaching and feeling like God wasn't with me was preaching out my latent, latent gift, or that which I was born with, all right? Didn't feel the presence of God with me, although he was. God lived, still lived inside me. But he was not going to empower that which I was doing outside of his will. Understand? Hallelujah. Glory to God. God has a purpose and plan for each of us, no matter what our age, because Moses was 80 years old here. I'm sure my man was ready to kick back and say, I lived my life. I, I raised my children. Um, I'm retired now. I'm ready to chill now. I'm going to Florida or whatever he was going to do. Hallelujah. He was going to leave uh, the Middle East, go to Florida and chill out. Hallelujah. Live near a golf course. But he had 40 years of ministry left. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor, they say that we die and 
at this age or that age. Listen, I, the Holy Ghost is living inside you. You're going to live as long as he would allow you to live. Amen. Or yeah, no, let me even take it from that. You're going to live as long as you want to live. Holy Ghost, I would like to keep on living. It's going to empower you to do that. Hallelujah. He's not going to overcome your will. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this is an example that many of us have experienced as human beings. When God is calling us to something, we have every excuse in the book. I had every excuse. I ran from my calling for 10 years. From 19 to 29, I was on the run. I was called out every service. Every time a visiting preacher came, I was called out. I was rolled on the floor. I was laid hands on. I got to the point, it's like, man, let me hide in the church. I tried to hide in the corner, amen. I tried to hide here, amen. And even I went down to Texas, and the church crashed down there. We no longer had church. I went to this all, excuse me, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I went to a church that was predominantly white, hallelujah. Oh, nobody's going to mess with me in here. This man comes up to me, stands behind me quietly, waits till he has my attention, very polite, and gives me a word from the Lord. I say, man, I can't hide even all the way down here in Texas. Even in a predominantly white church, God found me. Matter of fact, I was never lost. I've got a mission for you. Keep going. Don't back up. Next slide, please. So that's the person, Moses, we know he went on to do great things, hallelujah. But at first, he operated in fear. Let's look at a, a really brave person that was just uh, zealous for the Lord. So David's mentality when facing a situation that causes others fear. Okay, we're going to be jumping around to many scriptures in this little section here, all right? Next slide, please. We're coming out of 1 Samuel 17, starting at verse 22. We're reading the King James Version. Here, David uh, was sent by his father to bring food and supplies to the soldiers. They were in the Valley of Elah facing the Philistines. The Philistines lived by the water. They were a boat-faring people. And they were also people that were descendants of those that mixed, had mixed genealogies with angels. And the real reason the flood came, the flood didn't come because man was just sinning. The flood came because the bloodline that led to Christ was marred by the blood of angels. Otherwise, another flood would come right now. We got so much sin. Hallelujah. Going on in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. But there was an angelic incursion that had to be stopped. And that's why the flood came. Anyway, so those, this was the Philistines. Amen. And there was a guy named Goliath who was a descendant of the angelic uh, human uh, genealogy, okay? And he was threatening Israel. You know, he wanted their toughest warrior, amen. Let's decide this just mano y mano, even though I'm, I'm, I'm uh, between 6 foot 10 and uh, 13 feet tall. Whatever, that's the estimates of his height. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here we go. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name. I think, believe Goliath, if I remember correctly, means beheader. Cut your head off. Hallelujah. Goliath by name and out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them 
And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. I would be afraid of a man 13 feet tall. A descendant of angels and men. What, what, what could I do in my own strength? If Shaquille O'Neal walked in here, what, what could I do? I could pick up a chair, but you know, he, he might, that might not even phase him. What could I do? So I could understand, I could relate. Hallelujah, but let's, let's keep on reading. Next slide, please. Verse 25 says, and, and the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king, will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter. Saul backed that on that one. And make his father's house free in Israel, free from paying taxes. Hallelujah. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth the Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised or have no relationship with God? That's what that means. Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. So we need to understand that David was a teenager when this was happening. He was about 17 years old. 17-year-old with a 13-foot-tall man <laughs> threatening the armies of Israel. Everybody was afraid, but this 17-year-old that had a relationship with God in the shepherd fields, that had a personal walk with God amongst the animals, the youngest of his father's sons, knew his God. We're jumping down to verse 32 with next slide. And David said to Saul, Saul being the king, the first king of Israel, let no man's heart fail because of him. This is a 17-year-old speaking to the king. Thy servant will go. See, that's the humility, thy servant. He was confident, but it was a God confidence because he was, he was, you see, he, he, you know, he could have said, I know God, who are you? No, but he said, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. 17-year-old going to go fight with a 13-foot-tall man. Next slide, please. We're going to jump down to 34, verse 34. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. He's giving him an explanation of why he's so confident. And there came a lion. So there were lions in Israel at the time. Really think about this. This point in history, there were still lions roaming around Israel. Can you imagine running to a lion? You walk in your dog and a lion show up. And a bear. Now, we do have bears in like rural parts of Jersey and upstate New York and all that. So that's still possible. And took, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him. Not Robert Brown. Chasing after a bear? You would, I would need some Jesus rising up in me. I would need some serious Jesus. Hallelujah. This is a 17-year-old young man. And smote him and delivered it. Now, there had to be, because we know the strength of human beings is not enough to slay a bear on our own. There had to be the Holy Spirit empowering him to do this. And we hear evidence from that with Samson. I don't believe Samson was this built 
dude that was just buff and you can't put his arms down and stuff like that. <laughs> Samson was a normal sized person that the Holy Spirit came upon and gave him this great strength. All right. And the same with David here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard. Now, now human beings don't have this strength. That's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he have defied the armies of the living God. To see the difference between Moses and the 17-year-old young man named David. His name meaning beloved of God. He knew he was loved by God. And he operated in the supernatural, even at 17. As I mentioned to you before, the disciples were teenagers. Jesus was 30. I know in these movies we got these middle-aged men with gray in their beards that need, uh, you know, Grecian formula and all that, following Jesus. But that was not the culture at the time where an older man would follow a younger man. These were young men. People didn't live as long back then. There wouldn't have been enough men at that age to, 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 to follow him like that. Hallelujah. People died around 50 back then. These were teenagers. David was a teenager. Daniel was a teenager. The three Hebrew boys were teenagers. So young people, don't think you're too young to be used by God. Moses was in his 80s. Older people, don't think you're too old to be used by God. Let's jump to verse 37. Next slide, please. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with you. So go ahead, and the Lord be with you. I ain't going, but the Lord be with you. How, coward, coward, how, how cowardly as the king, you're sending a 17-year-old young man to go fight this 13-foot giant. <laughs> Next slide, we're going to go to verse 43. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? It's like, who are you? Come to me, you boy. With sticks and stones. Who are you? And slingshots. Who are you? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the fields. And, they said to and, and then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Whatever God's called you to do, amen, and fear is stopping you, amen. You still feel that fear, amen, and you're at the, the valley of decision, amen, as David was. His valley was Eli, hallelujah. Your valley could be a, a multitude of things, hallelujah. Glory to God. You say to yourself, I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. The God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. Hallelujah. He's here prophesying. Amen. What's going to happen? Hallelujah. He had that much confidence and trust in the Lord. And I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. This beheader was going to have his head taken. And I will give the, give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. We do all that we do as unto the Lord. 
And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword or the spear, for the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is not Robert Brown's. It's not yours. It is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Stop fighting with people. The battle is the Lord's. People messing with you at work. The battle is the Lord's. People messing with you and your family. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Dare I say your husband's messing with you. The battle is the Lord's. Your wife's messing with you. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Church folks messing with you. The battle is the Lord's. There are brothers and sisters in the Lord, but when they act and foolish hallelujah put them in God's hands don't curse them hallelujah say Lord I commit them in your hands hallelujah I'm going to love them from a distance that's my ministry I'm going to treat them well when they're in my presence hallelujah glory to God but right now we're not getting along I commit them into your hands the situation I give into your hands Lord because I'm just going to mess it up with my words I'm going to say something I regret and then I'm going to have to be the one to go there and apologize and then they're going to be there whether they want to uh, accept my apology or not. <laughs> like they're holier than now. <sighs> Accept people's apologies when they apologize to you, saints. It takes a lot of courage to apologize. And no, people won't always get specific about what they're apologizing about because they're still challenged. But be the bigger person. Let the Holy Spirit be the bigger person in you and accept their apology. All right. And this all and all and this doesn't mean you're going to be best friends after that it just means you're going to have an am, amicable, I can't even say amicable relationship. Hallelujah. And this is the and all and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and the spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Next slide, please. We jump down to verse 50. This is our last verse for this section. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. Hallelujah. Very simple tools, weapons. Excuse me. He defeated this 13-foot man and smote this Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in, in the hand of David. David went ahead and took Goliath's sword and cut off his head. And guess where they buried Goliath's head? At Calvary. Jesus <laughs> died with the head of Goliath underneath his feet, representing his defeat of the devil. It was the devil's plan, hallelujah, to mar the bloodline that led to Jesus. Amen. And he died over the skull. The place of the Calvary means the place of the skull. Gotha means the place of the skull. Because it looked like a skull. And then the head of Goliath was buried at that very spot. Hallelujah. 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 God's not giving me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Next slide says, everything you do will prosper. Do you believe that? That everything you do will prosper. God puts me in some interesting situations. Situations that are beyond my natural ability to overcome. But I can tell you, saints, I have overcome by his power in every situation. Not for my glory, but for his glory. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to get a little deep now and a little, I got to deal with something sensitive. Amen. I hold a position in my department where I'm the only black man. From the outside, it wouldn't look good that I can do what I'm doing. And I've even had people ask me, what do you do? What is your role? What is your position? Basically asking, how did you get that role? How do you do this? The Lord. When God empowers you, there is no racism, sexism, stereotype, stigma, any of those things that we try to legislate an end to. And people don't always adhere to. But none of that can stop you as long as the Lord is directing you and is with you in whatever he empowers you to do. Let's stop calling other people the devil. And I can't do this because these people think like that. And go in the power of God. Were there moments when I had insecurity and fears? Yes, there were. Did I have to remind myself whose I was? Who lives inside of me? Yes, I did. So it's not about you being perfect. It's about you leaning on the Lord and not your own ability. Hallelujah. I grew up being someone who didn't think this country loved me. That the flag didn't represent me. I grew up walking down the block, amen, from West Hempstead, amen, where I grew up. It was, we had the West Hempstead where people who didn't look like me lived and the West Hempstead where people looked like me, hallelujah, where you walk by as a teenager and people lock the door. I've been followed around, amen, in stores because I look how I look. I've been pulled over by the police more than I can count. But God... One time they pulled me over and said, I look like somebody who just robbed the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> the legal search, they asked to search my car. And at the time I was 23, amen. So I was going to say, no, my rights. Are, I, 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 that just wasn't who I was. I let them search the car in front of where I lived. And they wanted to look in my bag. I said, my Bible's in there. When they looked in the bag, what did they find? The Bible. But God... Saints, everything you do will prosper. I'm prophesying over you. Everything you do will prosper. Everything you do will prosper. Everything you do, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about the things that God directed behavior will prosper. Everything, I go in looking to succeed at whatever God has me to do. Not because of my own abilities, not because I'm six foot one, amen, look the way I look at it, because of who lives inside me. That's not how I grew up. I didn't live with that confidence. I quit the basketball team during tryouts, amen, glory to God, because I didn't have the confidence inside me. I'd play well at the park, but couldn't play well in front of the coaches, amen, because I had that poor self-esteem. But had I knew about the Holy Ghost, amen. might have a point guard pastor that's playing for the Knicks, but hallelujah. <laughs> Solving their problems. Hallelujah. They lost last night on national TV. Anyway, <laughs> everything you do will prosper. Next slide, please. Coming out of Psalm 1. We don't know who wrote Psalm 1. Some think it's David, but it's anonymous. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
First Psalm, hallelujah, of the Bible says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic version here. Nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk. Nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desires are in the law of the Lord and on and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God. He habitually meditates, ponders, studies, study to show thyself approved by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither and everything he does shall prosper and everything he does shall prosper. Let me become politically correct. And everything we do, male or female, shall prosper and come to maturity. You can't fail. And if you do fail, Either you get up and you do it again or ask God, was this something I was supposed to be doing? You can't fail. I want you to think about that. Everything you do shall prosper. That business, that ministry, that marriage, that friendship, that job, that promotion. Will you have moments of difficulty? Of course you do. We live in a fallen world. But every problem that you face, God's got a solution. Matter of fact, he had that solution before the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I don't know. What's my purpose? What's my call? Well, you know, God makes it kind of simple. What are you gifted at? Do that. Why would he give a gift to you and then have you sit on it and not use it? Did he go through all the trouble of making you and, and putting gifts in you and then saying don't use it? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I remember when I really got saved and dedicated, I was witnessing all the time, amen, so much so my mother wanted me to stop because it was like I was getting on people's nerves. All right, not that she didn't want people saved. It just I was getting a little annoying with it, amen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wasn't as skilled in sharing in a relaxed manner as opposed to, you know, really bugging people. God doesn't want us to get on people's nerves. He wants us to share the gospel in a manner that can be digested. All right. You may even have to share some tough things, but 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 saying it in a way that people can digest it. Amen. Paul would give you the the good news, the bad news in the middle and good news at the end. So something that could be digested, a sandwich. Anybody hungry? Hallelujah. I'm hungry. Hungry for the word and. And a little some extra after church. Amen. Anyway. Anyway, I'm acting up today. Hallelujah. Get, bring me back in, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So God has ordained us to prosper. Living waters cannot fail. Your 
individual ministries cannot fail. Those things that God has for you cannot, will not fail. The only way it fails is if we quit. God told me a few weeks ago, keep going. Lead. Don't look to the left or to the right. Lead. Where you lead is by serving. Serving him and serving you. Hallelujah. But being a good example, being a good role model, go, lead, be, do. I know you got challenges. I know COVID's in the world, but lead, go, do, be, succeed. Keep going. Lord, it doesn't look like it's going to, I don't care what it looks like in the natural. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What does it look like in the spirit? What did I show you? What vision did I unveil to you? Walk towards that. We, including me, can be so carnal. We can live so much like the world lives. We don't know how much world we got in us. We should not view the world as the world does. We should view it as God does. Amen. That is a process. That is a, an abandonment of everything that the world believes in. And really surrendering to God. It's not to beat anybody up. I'm just telling you what the process is. David could not have defeated this 13 foot tall man had he not surrendered totally to God. He couldn't do it in his own strength. Why was David, Saul kills his thousand, David kills his 10,000. How do you think he did that? He was empowered by the Holy Ghost. Next slide, please. Saints, God wants better for us than we want for ourselves. God wanted better for me. I wanted some hip-hop girl that was going to be unfaithful to me, that lied to me, that cheated on me. With my poor self-esteem, that's what I thought I was worthy of. And some of us have been in relationships time and time again with people where your red light was going off. And the warning signs were apparent. But the real problem wasn't that you were deceived. Is that's what you thought you were worthy of. Oh my God. Because of fear. I'm always going to get dudes that cheat on me and lie to me. I'm always going to get girls that cheat on me and lie on me and do me no right. Because really I don't feel. This is how I feel about myself. My partner is a reflection of how I feel about myself. God wants better for you than you want for yourself. No, I'm not telling everybody run home and get divorced. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying treat them with agape love. I'm talking about patterns in our lives. And that was my pattern. Why did I think God wanted someone to mistreat me? And that was my lot in life. Why did I abandon my common sense and think that that was what was for me? God had better for me. Yeah, we drive each other crazy sometimes, hallelujah, but he had better for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Every time I, and, and this is silly, maybe it doesn't mean anything to you. Every time 
my toothbrush is running down. There's a new toothbrush in the toothpaste holder. Now, you may call me lazy and all that, and you're probably right. <laughs> but I got the best toothbrush I ever got recently, and it is getting to places in my mouth that never have been touched before. And God did it through her. Amen. That sounds silly and funny and all that. It is funny and silly. Hallelujah. But only God could put that together. She could have been like, get your own toothbrush. I, you, I, you ain't my father. You ain't nobody. That, that's what I grew up with. You ain't nobody. Girls, you ain't nobody. Homegirl used to call me the N-word. That's what I thought I deserved. I was newly saved. God wants better for us than we want for ourselves. Next slide, please. This is Paul. Uh, he just, he's encouraging them, uh, spiritually empowering the people at Ephesus here. Amen. With these words. Amen. He's trying to encourage them in the Lord. He says, may Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle, settle down abide and make his permanent home in your hearts. Amen. So obviously these are people who are he's witnessing to. He's trying to win to Christ. Amen. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. So we got to be deeply rooted in love. All right. Saints, we have a love deficit. We have a love deficit. God wants us rooted deeply in love. If you have a love deficit and we all do. Acknowledge it and ask God to flood your spirit with love. You got to give him permission. You're not just going to do it on its own. Give him permission to do that, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. God wants us to grasp the, ex oh my God, experience love. The depths of God's love for you. That everybody in here is valuable and everybody online is valuable to God. How do you know he sent the son to die in your place? What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? That you may really come to know and practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ. What is the meaning of life to receive God's love and to freely share it with others? How did he, how can, if you know you have trouble mistreating people, it's because you have a love deficit. You've not experienced the love. How can you share with others? Saints also, people that you're around that don't treat you well have a love deficit. Stop expecting them to treat you with love when they've not experienced God's love. How can they? If they could do it without God, then Jesus died in vain. We don't need Jesus. We just, and that's what the world thinks. We could just better ourselves. I'm not going to be racist. I'll just treat everybody well. No, you got issues in you that were inbred and inherent. That we need the love of Christ to flush out. Hallelujah. I can't protest it out. Amen. It needs to be flushed out by the Holy Ghost. And I know all those people were well-meaning, and God bless them, amen. They want to see this to be a better country. I'm all with you. I'm for it, amen. But I know that the way is through the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, that we all get along. Hallelujah. No matter what our background is, what our culture is, that I value you 
and you value me as the creation and after we get saved, the children of God. Hallelujah. But we need that love. We need to be rooted and grounded in his love. We need to know that we're loved. Love caused the apostle John to live the longest of all the apostles. He was the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's how he referred to himself. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. You're the disciple, if you decide to be so, that Jesus loves. He loves you whether you think so or not. Hallelujah. He wants better for us than we want for ourselves. Let me read on. That ye may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence, and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Hallelujah. That we allow God to flood our spirits. Hallelujah. I know I'm running late. Let me go on. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Now to him who, by the cons consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, hallelujah, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. God wants better for you than you want for yourself to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. Let me close with this. I'm worrying. Hallelujah. Closing words of encouragement for Paul that he speaks to the Thessalonians. Amen. Next slide after that. We're coming out of 1 Thessalonians 5.16. He says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you you who also will do it last slide please hallelujah for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind i'm done hallelujah. amen hallelujah be encouraged let's not go back let's go forward hallelujah let's not go back let's go forward real quickly amen please join me for the lord's supper amen Hallelujah. Glory to God. I went, I went long today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is this mine? Hallelujah. Okay. I don't want anybody saying I'm unworthy, so I'm not taking the Lord's Supper today. God died for unworthy people. The unworthy people that Paul was talking about was people who just came to eat bread and to drink wine and weren't thinking about Jesus. And it was bigger portions than we have here today. So they were getting their grub on. They were getting their meal on. All right. So that's what he's talking about. Don't come to me with ir irreverence. All right. So if you were in the club last night getting your club on, amen, take this communion today. Amen. And take the Lord's Supper. Hallelujah. He died for unworthy people. I'm not saying he was with you in the club and Jesus was in there at the same time. Hallelujah. Actually, the Holy Ghost was with you. He was like, what am I doing here? Why am I shaking my booty? Why, why, why are we doing that? But he loves you. Amen. He loves you. Next slide, please. First Corinthians 11.23. My mother's ready <laughs> for me to stop being silly. Okay. All right. I'm going to respect her. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three reads, For I have received of the Lord which 
also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread, which represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the wine, which represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We're remembering his death. I don't mean to get too controversial, but you know me. When we fast, we remember our sins. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we remember his death, the payment for our sins. Hallelujah. Obviously, when you pray, you're not going to eat. Just common sense. Sound mind. Hallelujah. But let's remember his death. It paid for our sins. Amen. Real quickly, amen. You're out there. You were impacted by this message today. You know that God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. There are things, there are ideas, there's visions that God has inspired you. Amen. You know it's from God. It's not sourced from you. Amen. But this can only come to fulfillment with the presence of God in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. The presence of God or the spirit of God comes into your life when you voluntarily accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is not about becoming a part of our church here at Living Waters, although we are happy to have you. This is about joining the family of God. Amen. If that's you and you were impacted by this message today, hallelujah, whether you're watching this live or on demand, amen, I want to make an appeal to you. God is using me right now to reach out to you, all right? If that's you and you voluntarily want to join the family of God, you are a creation of God, but now you have to willingly decide that you want to join the family of God through the person of Jesus Christ. If that's you, please say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, iniquities and general imperfections i believe you died for my sins my imperfections i believe you rose from the dead on the third day as the evidence that father god accepted jesus's payment his death as full payment for my sins thank you for saving me and in agreement with that prayer now just say amen hallelujah i want to welcome you to the family of god hallelujah Hallelujah. Find a church home, amen, that is preaching Jesus and Jesus alone. Hallelujah. God put on flesh and came and died in our place, amen. He was the scapegoat. He was our sin offering, amen. He took our sins, past, present, and future, and he said, it is finished. So our sin problems are over from a legal standpoint, amen. Now the rest of our lives, God is making us more like himself or making us holy as we allow him to, as we will to allow him to amen but legally we are without sin hallelujah it's not a license to sin it's a license to allow god to have his way in our lives amen glory to god real quick amen for all of us amen we need your help to continue to spread the gospel message amen hallelujah we live on this fallen planet and on this planet we have a financial system that uses money hallelujah while we're here we need your financial contributions we need your investment we need 
that which you spent time, energy, and effort to earn. Amen. We need you to share some of it with us. If you deem this message, if you deem this church valuable of your financial investment, please, ma'am, please, sir, how do you invest in it, donate to it, tithe to it, offer to it. Amen. Only tithe if this is your church. You consider this your church. Otherwise, tithe belongs to your local church that you go to. Amen. Hallelujah. But for those of us that are members or God, we feel like God has led us to here, you can tithe. Amen. Hallelujah. You can do this in three ways. You can give unto us in three ways. Amen. The first way is to give online at lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. There you can make a tax deductible donation. Amen. To the Living Waters Christian Center. Amen. And an auto generated email will come back to you amen uh giving you proof of your giving amen hallelujah hallelujah thank you in advance amen the second way you can mail in a donation to living waters christian center p.o box 115 amityville new york 11701 all right once again you can mail in the donation if you feel uncomfortable with uh online transactions you can mail in a donation but via check amen please don't send cash amen to Living Waters Christian Center, P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York. The final way you can join us here at 15 Albany Avenue, Amityville, New York, 11701 at 1045 a.m. That is the new start time for our church. We do praise and worship from 1045 to around 1125, holiday 1130, amen. And then we start with our online service, amen. We wanted more time in God's presence, amen, hallelujah, to worship and to praise, amen. And we do that from 1045. So join us here, amen. You can give in person. You can fellowship with us. You can meet me, hallelujah, meet all of us, hallelujah, and let the Lord uh, allow you to have a good time in his presence, amen. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. Let me pray over these offerings now. Father God, we thank you and praise you for this offering, this donation, this seed we sow. We sow it, we donate it, we give it for the upkeep and expansion of your kingdom through the preaching of the gospel, Lord God. We, th we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to give, Lord God, and let this, this donation, let this investment bring back a great return, a 30-fold return, a 60-fold return a hundredfold return, even a millionfold return, that we might be blessed to be a blessing to others in the name of Jesus. We thank you today. We praise you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for the opportunity to give in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your offerings. Thank you for being with us today. I hope that you were impacted and were blessed by the message today. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Go out there and live your life in Jesus Christ by way of the Holy Spirit. God loves you. Amen. We love you. We'll be back next week at 1130 a.m. Holiday Super Bowl Sunday. Hallelujah. Jesus comes first. Hallelujah. And then we'll watch that Super Bowl. God bless you. God loves you. Enjoy your day. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.